This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Tuesday, June 25th, 2019. I'm Caleb Brown. When Donald Trump imposes tariffs, he often does so under the guise of national security, with many dubious claims supporting the restrictions. Cato's Simon Lester is co-author of a new paper out today challenging the pervasive national security rationale for restricting trade. One of the key rationales that this president has offered for uh, specific tariffs, tariffs even on on Canada, our our biggest trading partner, um, has been national security. What, if you can drill down just a little bit, what are those rationales, uh, and how have they have they been used in the past? Well, what the Trump administration has done is taken this uh, fairly broad statute that was written in the in, during the Cold War. Um, that that gives the president the power to restrict imports on the basis of national security. And so in the 1970s, for example, um, there were concerns about oil prices and being dependent on uh, Middle East oil. And so there were some restrictions imposed um, in order to protect uh, domestic oil production at that time. But it, the, the, this remedy, this statute has kind of uh, you know fallen by the wayside, hasn't been used up much recently. But President Trump and the Trump administration have been looking for excuses to, to raise tariffs, and they found a good one here. They looked at this statute and said, this is really broad. We can do a lot with this. Um, we can restrict uh, imports of a particular product, um, and they started with steel and aluminum, from anywhere. Even if it's our good friends, the Canadians, uh, we can say, basically, we need to have a domestic steel industry uh, in, in order to have a functioning economy to be able to prov- uh, provide uh, for our own national security. And um, you know, and, and the statute just gives us a lot of leeway to do so. So they impose tariffs on steel and aluminum imports from around the world in order to support those industries here in the United States. Now, the Defense Department weighed in on this and said, you know, actually, um, we produce plenty of this stuff here. We don't need these tariffs. Nevertheless, uh, the folks at the Commerce Department who are running the investigation and the president decided we are going to restrict, uh, we're going to put tariffs on steel and aluminum imports from from the whole world on the basis of national security. And as you can imagine, uh, our trading partners were upset by that, and and many of them have retaliated with tariffs of, of their own. And many industries, U.S. industries who use steel and aluminum were upset by that because it's raising prices uh, for their imports. So the the U.S. auto industry isn't happy about that. So, you know, there's been a lot of pushback, um, but the the Trump administration so far is is sticking with with this and talking about expanding the remedy. So we started with steel and aluminum, uh, but they're talking about imposing it on uh, imports of automobiles and auto parts as well, which would be uh, a, a much bigger impact on the economy. As as I like to say here, and I know uh, other people who care about uh, trade like to say, if only there were a duly constituted branch of government that could do something about this. It, exactly. And so Article 1, Section 8 of the Constitution uh, gives Congress the power to regulate commerce with foreign nations and to to impose duties. Um, but over over time, Congress, I think, you know, maybe lost faith in itself or for various reasons, delegated some of this power uh, to the president. And that's what this Section 232 uh, uh, Trade Act, Trade Expansion Act of 1962 is. It's Congress delegating power to the president to adjust imports, in this case, impose tariffs on, on, for reasons of national security. Now, in theory... Congress could just take that power right back. Um, uh, for, for years, I, I don't think they had uh, much concern with whether the way the president was using this power. But um, since since President Trump has been imposing tariffs on steel and aluminum and threatening on autos, they, they've started to rethink this a bit. 
So there are a number of, uh, of pieces of legislation, draft pieces of legislation out there um, uh, through which Congress would restrict the president's power. So, for example, what they could do is say, all right, you know, the president can impose uh, the tariffs or other trade restrictions, but then Congress needs to sign off on it after a certain period of time. So maybe, uh, you know, after within a month, Congress would then have to sort of approve what the president done. There are a number of ways that that you could do this. Um, and there, there are some competing pieces of legislation out there. And so I think, you know, the, the, the Republicans in Congress have been reluctant to challenge uh, Trump on, on his tariffs. But I, I do think that when you reach a certain point, when everyone just says, OK, he's gone too far, um, there does seem to be a willingness to kind of to, to step in and do something about it. So I, I think that if uh, the steel and aluminum uh, tariffs were were acceptable, didn't go too far for people in Congress. But I, I think if President Trump imposed tariffs on automobile imports, I think that would be enough uh, for, for people in Congress to say, even the Republicans say, all right, we've got to step in and change this. You know, th this power is being abused. And I've been listening to way the way members of Congress have talked about it. So Chuck Grassley, powerful sen Republican senator from, from Iowa, uh, he's been weighing in on this publicly saying, look, we, we need to uh, take some power back from the presidency. And he's been very careful. He's not criticizing Trump specifically. He's saying we've, we've delegated too much power to the presidency, putting it in sort of abstract terms. So so I, so I think that the, the recent Trump uh, threats of tariffs on, on Mexico, if they don't deal uh, with illegal immigration and the possibility of uh, tariffs on automobile imports have Put you know, put, give given some incentive to uh, Republican members of Congress to to really kind of rein this in, um, uh, because you know I think President Trump has shown that this power can be abused, and Congress may uh, you know actually uh, get up the the, the gumption to to step in and do something about it. As long as this president sits in the White House and these powers exist, what signals does that send to other countries that might want to deal with the United States uh, on a trade basis? It it tells them that there's there's uh, an inherent risk and there's inherent uncertainty. No matter what agreements you've signed, um, you really can't count on uh, President Trump uh, sticking to them. Um, a great example is the renegotiated NAFTA, the U.S.-Mexico-Canada Agreement, or USMCA. I mean, the, the NAFTA eliminates virtually all tariffs on trade between the U.S., Canada, and Mexico, and the USMCA sort of upholds that, keeps it in place. But nevertheless, President Trump just uh, a week or two ago was threatening to put tariffs on all imports from Mexico, which would be a clear violation of the terms of the old NAFTA and the USMCA. And similarly, with these Section 232 measures, uh, these tariffs, um, virtually everyone agrees these go against pr uh, probably the letter of our international trade agreements and certainly the spirit. Um, and yet President Trump has gone forward with them, them anyway. And so the, the message that our trading partners get is, you know, you just can't really believe anything that, that you sign with the United States. Um, you just you don't know if these trade agreements are actually going to be uh, upheld or complied with. Uh, and, and, you know, that that just creates a lot of uncertainty, um, you know, among the governments, but then also companies who are relying on, you know, wh when they see these trade agreements, and they see tariffs going down, it, it sort of gives them an incentive to, to make investments. Um, and if the tariffs could be uh, reinstated at any time, well, it, it creates a disincentive to to making new investments. For a long time uh, in law, the the view was, if I understand correctly, that this idea of the non-delegation doctrine was, if not dead, at least mostly dead. 
there is a non-delegation challenge to the president's authority under Section 232 of the 1962 Trans- Trade uh, Expansion Act. So what is that challenge? Well, so, so the Constitution assigns powers to, to Congress and to the executive branch. And, you know, over time, sometimes Congress has decided, well, we're going to delegate some of that power. And mostly that just went unchallenged, uncontested. It was just sort of assumed, well, that they can do that. Um, but but in recent years, you know, people have, have thought a little more carefully about that. And um, the, the, it looks like there, there are people who are interested in reviving uh, the, something called the non-delegation doctrine, um, which basically says that Congress can delegate power, but there's got to be some intelligible principle behind it. There's got there's got to be some limits. And there's a, a case going on. The Supreme Court could decide any day or uh, it could be uh, re-argued, I think, with, with uh, Justice Kavanaugh, as I, as I understand it, which would give us some guidance on how the Supreme Court is thinking about this is- issue more generally. And that would help inform the challenge going on against the Section 232 measures right now based on the same principle. So so we're going to get sort of some some general principles from the Supreme Court probably soon that would then be applied uh, in in the future um, to the specific steel and aluminum tariffs. And so, I mean, the basic idea here, though, is that when Congress delegated this uh, import adjustment authority to the president under Section 232, you know, did they really get, did they did they create enough boundaries? Um, did they give too much discretion to the president? And if so, um, maybe that delegation was improper. Um, yes, you can delegate some of your powers. Con- Congress can delegate some of its powers, but it's got to create some limits, some some judicial review. Um, there, there's got to be some ba- some some restrictions involved. And so, you know, it's possible that uh, the Supreme Court could up end all of this uh, with their you know, decision that's coming up soon in the Gundy case and then future uh, decisions on the Section 232 uh, statute itself. Simon Lester is co-author of Closing Pandora's Box, The Growing Abuse of the National Security Rationale for Restricting Trade, available now at Cato.org. Subscribe to the Cato Daily Podcast wherever you get your podcasts and follow us at Twitter at Cato Podcast. 